Thank God for that beautiful song. Be reminded how much indebted we are to God. Just going to uh, massage the test, the text just a little bit, and uh, then we're going to have prayer. I'm taking uh, my text from Ephesians, the fifth chapter, and I want to begin reading with verse uh, 15. Let's read verse 14. Wherefore he saith, Awake thou that sleepest, and arise from the dead, and Christ shall give thee light. I would say that's a fitting text for our culture today. People that are out there carrying on like we see every day. Wherefore he saith, Awake thou that sleepest, and arise from the dead, speaking of the spiritual dead, and Christ shall give thee light. See then that ye walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise. See then that you walk sensibly. See then that you walk with some wisdom, and not as fools, but as wise. Redeeming the time, because the days are evil. And that is a scripture that is very much up to date right now in our time and day. Redeeming the time. Don't let time get away from you. Don't let opportunities get away from you. Why? Because the days are so filled with evil. Wherefore, be ye not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. And like I mentioned to you, I think it was last Sunday, that God is the most misunderstood person in the world today. People do not know the will of God today. And there are all kinds of preconceived ideas and opinions about God and about why God allows all this and why God allows all that. And what we don't understand is that the reason that we are in the mess that we're in in this country, along with almost every other country in the world, is because we have broke the laws of God. We have violated the formula, the secret to having much fuller and better lives. Adam had it made. He was in paradise. He was in pure holiness. He had never sinned. He was created holy. And he broke one of God's laws and he forfeited everything that God had provided for him. Wherefore, be ye not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is, redeeming the time because the days are evil. The general meaning of the text is that time today, because evil is abounding, time is precious, it's priceless. There's time for us to do something about it. About what? Iniquity abounding. The love of many are waxing cold. 
A lot of things are going on now that are very tragic in America and throughout the whole world. Time is full of opportunities for our possession to be seized for the kingdom of God. What a time and opportunity is afforded us to be able to point men and women to a better life. We've got one advantage in the sense that we see all the heartache, all the misery, all the unhappiness that's going on in the world, and it's quite an introduction to trying to impress or to move a soul or to help somebody see that living for God is so much better than how people are living today. Time is full of opportunities for a possession to be seized for the kingdom of God. So I thought this would be a good time to be thinking about as we approach our busy time, busy season throughout the year. We've got the revival coming up. We've got camp meeting coming up. We've got vacation Bible school coming up, three of the big events of the year. And so this would be a good time for you and I to be thinking about what we can do. The opportunity is there. How many times have we walked out of this church and said, I wish so-and-so could have been here. I wish I could have invited so-and-so to be in the service. I don't know, I'm sure you realize it, but we've had good services with all the pastors and evangelists and revivals and camp meetings, I mean for years. Our last three or four camp meetings going through the COVID were some of the best we've ever had. And the attendance uh, held up. The finances coming in held up. While many other churches closed down and some pastors lost their congregations. And a lot of bad things happen, but God has been good to us, church. And I like coming into a service and feeling the presence of God. I liked what I felt in the song that was just sung. Amen? And to hear the Brenda playing and the musicians playing and uh, hearing the beautiful words of the songs of Zion, I'll tell you what, we have got to probably dig down a little deeper because evil is moving fast and the night is coming. And I think of Elisha every time I think of that verse. The night is coming when no man will be able to work because there is so much corruption and so much evil going on. So my concern is that will the opportunity of Friends Day that's coming up, will it make a worthwhile impression upon our minds in the next week and a half? I wonder how many will even forget about it. There's not a revival that goes by 
that one or two or three people will come up to me and say, the week of the revival, are we going to have a revival? And we've been announcing it and announcing it and announcing it. And I say to myself, what are people hearing when we make announcements? And it's not that we're bad people. It's just that we've got too many plates spinning and too much on our mind. And sometimes the things of God just sort of fade into the background. And I think we miss opportunities to redeem the time, the time that's given us. How hard will we work to bring some friends to church? I only remember having one Friends Day in this life of this congregation. And can anybody recall what it was like? Can anybody remember? Friends Day is usually a day where you have a whole lot of people in church that are not normally there. And when we had our Friends Day, and I'm not scolding, I'm just telling you the way it is. When we had our Friends Day, we had very few people, our regulars here, and we had just a handful of friends. And I remember thinking to myself, and including myself, we all could have done better. What is this all about? It's all about souls. If we're not winning souls, something's wrong. So I was hoping to just try to inspire the church to keep this Friends Day on your minds and to think about some souls that you might be able to invite. And you all have families here. You all have nieces and nephews and this and that. And surely somebody would be willing to come out on Friends Day especially because we're having a meal for everybody that's going to be in attendance. And we'll have a guest speaker. At the moment, it's looking like Sarah, but I don't know if uh, that's going to happen. And so we are still waiting to see what's going to happen to her. I talked to her today. I talked to her uh, yesterday, and she sounds great on the phone. But the doctor called her and said that her blood work was very dangerous. The kidney counts, and she had to drive to Shreveport and uh, be admitted through the emergency room. And then they admitted her, and she's still there this evening. And so the counts were a little better. Uh, she has an infection, and she was dehydrated. So maybe that some of that is complicating the issue. But anyway, I want to get us back to capitalizing 
on our opportunities. An ancient Persian proverb goes like this. There are three things that never return. Do you know what they are? Somebody want to take a guess? Number one. Yes. Kind of right. Yes. Yeah, in essence, it's right. What else? What else? Yeah, kind of. Yeah. <laughs> Not what the Persians think. <laughs> three things that never return. And it's a proverb. A spent arrow, a spoken word. Did somebody say word? A spoken word, and, and we're all guilty of that. And the lost opportunity. I wonder if any of us lately have had any regrets about our missing opportunities to witness for the Lord. I don't know that that has crossed hardly anybody's mind. I fear as I see our culture becoming more and more secular that our opportunities to witness for Christ are going to become more rare, which means we will have to create our own opportunities to witness. I wonder how many now or never opportunities we have allowed to slip through our hands and just think that if we had a, a timely word spoken, an effective witness, we could have changed somebody's destiny. But maybe the reason that it's so hard to keep that in the forefront of our minds is because the God of this world doesn't want anybody to get saved. And so he's working really hard to occupy our minds, keep us busy, and God's people are very industrious. They have a good work ethic. But sometimes I wonder if soul winning has just slipped to the back burner and it's not something that really is on our minds anymore. And perhaps we need to start thinking that our opportunities must be prepared for instead of simply waiting for them to come. That's one of our flaws. We're waiting for someone to come up to us and talk about God or have some kind of a need or asking for some kind of help. Well, that's a prime opportunity. But we're waiting for it to come to us. But now, the way things are changing in our culture, now I'm thinking that maybe instead of simply waiting for the opportunity to come, maybe we need to start preparing for opportunities to come. We say everything comes to him who waits. You've heard that expression, everything comes to him who waits. But it's better said, everything comes to him who waits in readiness for its coming. I've heard a lot of Church of God people say, I don't know how to witness. 
That's sad, isn't it? All you got to do is tell them what happened to you. All you got to tell them how you got saved. You, your experience of getting saved is the greatest testimony that you have. So God help us to kind of push some of these things to the forefront. The real difference between men is not in their chances, but it's in their ability to recognize their chances. I remember it just come to me now as I said that. Brother Farmer, when he was here years ago, we were sitting in TJ's and we were talking and he kept looking over my shoulder. You know how sometimes married couples are sitting and the husband's always looking over the shoulder. If you know what I mean. And um, I knew I was losing him. And he said, wait a minute, excuse me, I got to do something. And he got up and he went over to that table. And he started talking to this gentleman. And then when he came back, I said, what, what happened? He said, that gentleman that was sitting behind you, he looked very troubled. And I felt like I needed to get up and make an opportunity to talk to him about his soul. And he did talk to him about his soul. I don't know what the outcome was, but anyway, he, he recognized that there might be a moment, an opportunity. And so time is now more precious than ever. And we can all say amen to that because Jesus is closer to his coming. As we see the rise of all the lawlessness and the rebellion in our streets, what we're seeing in our streets today is very, very frightening. People are no longer safe. Kids are getting pummeled on the buses. Bus uh, drivers are being pummeled. Teachers are being pummeled in their classrooms. People are being sucker punched. People are being stabbed for no reason. There's just something going on out there that is so lawless and so rebellion and so hard and cold-blooded. And when we see that, you know who else sees it? God. God sees it. And when God sees it, Brother Bob, he does something about it. And what is God seeing today? He's seeing wickedness in our streets. He's seeing our children by the thousands upon thousands that are just being sold into sex slavery. And our leaders are doing nothing about it. They're seeing so much ungodliness going on and they're doing nothing about it. Except lying 
and making excuses one after another. But with much more urgency, the wisdom of God is saying to us, redeem the time. Make better use of our time. Talking about all of us. Make better use of our time to save souls, which is a far greater success than what the people are doing out there in a secular world. There are two times in the Bible that brought God to this earth to destroy two civilizations. It was in Noah's day. And the description of Noah's day is exactly the description of our day today. Every man was doing that which was right in his own eyes. That's what's happening today. And then the and God destroyed that civilization. And then he put a rainbow up there. And I heard somebody on the radio say, yeah, God put the rainbow up in the air. That means he's never going to destroy the world again. He didn't say that. He said he's never going to destroy the world with water again. People just don't read their Bibles. And then the other civilization that he destroyed was Sodom and Gomorrah. And this is why I feel we need to redeem the time. We need to push a little harder. And believe me, this congregation is fabulous when it comes to working and helping and pitching in and making sacrifices. But America is approaching those levels of wickedness as well as hundreds of other nations throughout the world. We're seeing things that are just plain ungodly. They're not even sensible. And they're pushing it. CEOs are pushing it. Politicians are pushing it. The academia world is pushing it. Our best colleges are pushing it. And the more wickedness that they push, the better they like it. And maybe we need to get serious, more serious about our witnessing. And maybe we need to start with our families and our friends and beyond. I really think we're at a level where God is looking down on America and he's seeing what we see every day and he sees more. He sees what goes on in the dark. 
and God's judgment fell on two civilizations. And we know that when judgment falls again, it's not going to be just on America. It's going to be on every, every nation in the world. The world is ripe for Jesus' third appearance. It's ripe. Right at the time we think it can't get any worse, something uglier comes up. It's hard to watch the carelessness. Many believers are squandering their time and they almost seem to be numb to the moral decay that is destroying all our nations throughout the world from within. Now, we all love our pastimes. We all love our R&R. We all love our amusements and pleasures. And we all know that none of those can satisfy us and satisfy our hearts and minds like being in a good service and feeling God's presence. We know that because we have been in God's presence often. And I'm not saying it's wrong to have vacations, this and that. But we, met, we must remember this. All they are is just pastimes. There are times we didn't perhaps take advantage of. They only serve to pass away the time. Someone said, what business have such people in God's great world if they are not working for God? One reformer said, what business does anybody have in this world if they're not working for God? They're breathing God's air, they're eating God's food, they're enjoying life in a physical way, but they're not adding one iota to the kingdom of God. God didn't create such people to come into a needy world for nothing but to drift aimlessly through it. God called you and I into this world to take over his task, to follow up on what he left us to do, and that was to win souls. One reformer said, great opportunities for services neglected and great gifts not improved are often the reason our souls are plunged into great depression as though we were doing some kind of evil thing. No sin is more lightly committed than that of wasting time. Look at our generation. 
every month the statistics, the statistics keep going up. They're spending more time on the social medias, on their computers, on their phones, on this, that. They no longer go out and play. They no, no longer use the ball field out here. And social media is assaulting the young people in this congregation. And believe me, they're teetering and they're in trouble. And some are in trouble tonight, big trouble. And it's, it's a burden for parents. It's a burden for grandparents. I understand that. We are all tormented with regrets of not having done a better job of witnessing. One believer who was near to his wasted life, but he found forgiveness. He got saved right at the end. And then he was asked, are you afraid to die? And the man said, no, I'm not afraid. I'm just ashamed that I didn't do more for God. Time is flying by swiftly. So is this message. And one of these days, time is going to be no more for us. So with our revival, Friends Day, camp meeting, VBS, regular services, which by the way, they all have been good, we must realize that life with all its opportunities and life with its solemn responsibilities is upon us now. And we don't want tomorrow to be like today lost opportunity. So if we have missed some opportunities and idled away some precious time, it's all the more reason we should resolve to redeem the time that we have left. We have less time today than we had years ago. And when we see the acceleration of the wickedness that's going on, in high places, in the highest places in the nation, all the way down to the gutter, we've got to say to ourselves, Jesus is near. He showed us two civilizations that were destroyed because of their wickedness, and the characteristics of those wickedness back there are now the very same characteristics of this civilization. Remember, when we leave this world, none of us are ever going to pass this way again. 
one of the darkest signs, signs of our time. is the steady assault of the world upon the Lord's day. I spoke to people in the last two, three weeks, two of the the three weeks, I spoke to some people who they were desecrating the Lord's day. They couldn't get to church. How do you not be able to get to church and call yourself a Christian? It should be the highlight of the week. And this individual said to me, we've got to do better. We've got to do better. I know we haven't been, you know, just same old story. And so they they were here for two or three weeks. But they're gone. The assault upon the Lord's day, church attendance is falling. The statistics are frightening. People don't have time for church, much less time for God. And there are a lot of assaults, assaults upon the Christians. And like I mentioned, all the all the video and all the social media. And kids get on TikTok, kids get on the Twitter, and twids get t- kids get on the internet. And the next thing you know, they want to take their lives. There's something powerful out there in the media world, and it's the devil. And it's affecting kids in every church, in every neighborhood, and now gangs are becoming popular. And to join a gang, 13, 12-year-old kids have to just kill somebody and stab somebody while they're walking in the street. That's wickedness. How long do you think God's going to put up with it? One of the darkest signs of our time is the steady assault of the world upon the things of God, the Lord's day, witnessing this, that, and the other, which in America right now is threatening to turn our nation into a moral wilderness, a completely secular culture. So let's pray. Somebody said, well, what can we do? Let's pray. The effectual fervent prayer can turn it around, can slow it down. Let's pray about our urgent need to redeem the time and claim some souls for God's glory. Let's give God some of our quality time 
Let's work just a little harder to win souls in light of the conditions in our country and the shortness of time that we have left to work. I think we see enough going on out there that we can't, we've got to be careful not to get idle.